2: And joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend, Amber Theo Harris from SiriusXM NFL and also the Silver and Black Show. And Amber, thank you so much for your time this afternoon as always. And, you know, I want to tell you before we really get started, I was sitting at a sports bar on Saturday night as I was preparing for, you know, the Raiders and Jaguars on Sunday. And I saw your Silver and Black Show uh, while you were interviewing Denzel Perryman. And he's a really fun dude, but that was a really good interview. So I want to give you a lot of props on that interview.
3: Oh, I appreciate that. And, uh, Q, you know, I always love coming on with you. Um, yeah, he's he's full of personality. It's very hard right now with the State of the Raiders right. to do these one-on-one interviews because you want the fans to be able to get to know the players but you have to ask the tough questions about what the heck is going on with the season. So it's kind of a, an intricate balance (laughs) to weave in and out of those. But I thought uh, Denzel was an amazing interview subject. He was named after Denzel Washington, by the way. Yeah. didn't know. Yeah.
2: That was good stuff. That was, that was some really good stuff, but it was funny as I was watching that. Like I said, I was sitting there and uh, me and the wife were having, having dinner. And then we were uh, watching it on TV. I kept saying, there's my friend Amber. There's my friend Amber. And Oh, Oh, by the (laughs) way, she's talking with Denzel (laughs) Perryman.
3: Oh, well, you know what? I, I really appreciate the invite with you and your wife for dinner. You know, it must've gotten lost in the mail next time. I'm sure. I'm sure I will. I'll be there at dinner with both of you enjoying it. So I'll just let that one pass you.
2: There you go. There you, well, at least I caught you on TV. <laughs> I
3: know. I know. No, you I wouldn't have me. wanted to interrupt it. You got uh, yeah. me
2: on that one. You got me on that one. But a uh, good stuff. Again, we're talking with Amber Theo Harris, Sirius XM NFL. I was also the silver and black show does a fantastic job. And, uh, Amber, let's get right down to it with the silver and black. Uh, Jonathan Abram, he was waived on Tuesday. I didn't think it was a big surprise, only because, you know, I mean, you could see his playing time get reduced. You knew they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I was a little shocked by the timing. Did the timing throw you off at all?
3: The timing did throw me off because it right now, they, even though a lot of the players they have on defense aren't good players, uh, they need depth and they don't need to be thin at any position, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how getting rid of him now makes them better. You know, you always have to ask the simple questions as an analyst. How does this make the team better by releasing him? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Right. I, I can't think of a positive answer to that. Um, and you know what? I know his playing time was reduced, but when you look at the secondary, which is abysmal, you uh, there were other people that stood out to me, you know, that I think if you're going to point fingers, there were other players that I think have been really struggling, like Anthony Averitt struggling. Yeah. Um, uh, Trayvon Merrick is, is struggling. Um, so it kind of it kind of like uh, deterred you from the fact, you know, made you look the other way when, when they cut Abram that. There's other players that really need to step up their game. I mean, the defense in general, Q, yeah. and I've been saying this with Eric Allen and James Jones because I think people tend to look at the offense and, you know, I know Devontae Adams had 100 and whatever 40 some in the first half, but he had nothing in the second half. You know, you look at Derek Carr, everybody wants to point, really fun for everybody to make these memes with loser written across his head. But in my opinion, the biggest, most glaring problem with the Raiders right now is the defense. Yeah. They can't stop anything. No. They gave up sixty percent on third down to the Jaguars. The, to the sixty percent of the time, uh, they were able. Trevor Lawrence and company, as my friend Deion Sanders says, D, uh, Trevor Lawrence and them were able <laughs> to move. <laughs> you know, just a bunch of other dudes mm-hmm. were able to move the chains at will. of the time on third down, not able to stop them. That is a major problem that just shows you're not able to do your job as a defense and who is to blame. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think there's a lack of personnel and a lack of talent, especially in certain areas. Um, but they should be they should be better than this and I don't know if you look at Patrick Graham I don't know if you look at the lack of personnel I think there's a lot of unanswered questions as people try to figure out how to fix this
2: I agree 100% again we're talking with Amber Theo Harris here on NSA Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920 and you know the personnel is something I've talked about quite a bit and uh, really even threw it out there to Raider Nation you know if there's one area of the defense that you could uh, point at and say okay the, they have to make sure that this is addressed in the off season. what do you think they're biggest need is right now defensively
3: man I think I think they need uh I mean I think everybody in the NFL could say this but they need a shutdown corner yeah uh they can do can candle one-on-one matchups um I think they need uh, a safety that can tackle a lot better than the safeties they have right. and in general they need tacklers I love that they brought Blake Martinez over because he's a tackler um the tackling is the number one thing that stands out to me. It sounds so simple and so fundamental, but if I were going out um, in the offseason and trying to find personnel, I would, I would definitely look at ability to tackle in space, which is a major issue right now. Uh, I think the linebacking core needs, needs upgrading. Uh, I do like divine Diablo. I think he's young and has some upside. You know, you do have the veterans in there like Denzel Perryman, who we just talked about. I do like Blake Martinez, but they don't have that. That dude, you know what I mean? That one dude, that that middle, just say, we can't go near him. (laughs) That opposing offense and say, stay away from this part of the field. And, And I don't think they have that anywhere in the secondary, in the linebacking core. The only person on the defense right now that you say that about is Max Crosby. Max can only do so much. Uh, On his own and now they have an opportunity going up against a Colts team that you know what you can't sleep on anybody when you're the Raiders right now, but a Colts team that has turned the ball over more than anybody else. Young quarterback Sam Ellinger, who got his head knocked off last week, what was yeah. he sacked like 153 times,
2: Yeah, for a- one a- game? and some, yeah, I mean, and counting.
3: <laughs> and, some, and, and some plus that, yeah. So they have an opportunity to to get after him. If they can't get after Sam Ellinger uh, and create pressure, I, I just it's it's going to be a long, long and and tough season. But the defense something needs something needs to change and, and I don't know what that is. I don't I don't know if you can coach uh the personnel that they have
2: right now out of this lack of production. No, I, man, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's so funny. I was just talking yesterday about what I saw Monday Night Football with the Baltimore Ravens and You know, you mentioned that difference maker up the middle, Roquan Smith. They go and make a trade for him. He's that guy, right? He's a guy that he'll go up and make a tackle. And he tackled Alvin Kamara in space. It was him and Alvin Kamara and a lot of green grass. And Roquan Smith got him to the ground. And I kept saying, like, I know that, you know, they say don't covet what the next man has, but I sure did look at that Baltimore Raven defense and say, boy, it would be nice if the the Raiders had something that looked anything like that, because those are difference makers on that side of the ball.
3: Yeah, and he he was available.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: He was available. So, you know, I I know Dave Ziegler said that nothing made sense to them, that they made calls to everybody, and that they eventually just stood pat at the trade deadline, but I just wonder with players like that, that were out there, uh, you know. Uh, Bradley Chubb was available. Right, He was available. You know, these major players, how much were the Raiders involved? And I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I would have loved to see the Raiders go out and really be competitive at the trade deadline. And, yes, look at what Alvin Kamara did against the Ravens versus what he did against the Raiders. Right. Two, two completely different players. Yep. They look like two completely different players. And that all has to do with personnel, the ability to tackle. And those running backs having fear, <laughs> they fear a linebacker that they know they can't go near. Right. That's there there's a lot of value in that and people maybe underestimate that. You need to have that dude that you fear and say, look, we got to work around him. Right. Well, that that creates an issue, and, and we saw that with Alvin Kamara not having the production, I mean, barely any production compared to what he did against the Raiders.
2: Right, exactly. He had a field day against the Raiders, and not so much against the Baltimore Ravens. Again, Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, uh, how shocked are you uh, by this 2-6 and six start for the Silver and Black, knowing all the bells and whistles that they acquired in the offseason? Obviously, that was offensively, but just overall, ben, them being 2-6 and six and not really being as competitive as people like myself thought they were going to be.
3: I'm as shocked as everybody else in the national media. Whenever I'm on SiriusXM, XM, I'm very vocal about that all summer long. I was pumping up the Raiders even before I began working with the Raiders. I really was excited about the offense with Josh McDaniels. I, I, I've said this a million times. I thought the addition of Devontae Adams was going to kind of be like that Randy Moss uh, offense that Josh McDaniels had in 2007 when Wes Welker, AKA Hunter Renfro, <laughs> uh, had, you know, gets 112 catches. I just thought it, the personnel that Josh McDaniel had with the Raiders was exactly what he wants to do. It fits into what he does and what he likes to do. And we're just not seeing that. And I got to defend Josh McDaniel a little bit in the sense that you got to execute. You know, even Devontae Adams, I know he had a big first half. There's two, three, four maybe plays that I could point out that were pivotal over the past four weeks. Devontae didn't come up with the play. Right, he's a playmaker. We all know that. He didn't make the play. So you know, is it is it coaching? Is it scheme? Uh, is it to me? There's a little bit of a lack of urgency, passion. You know, we saw that Buddha Baker clip that just got out with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. My question is, who's giving that speech in the Raiders locker room? Mm-hmm. Who hates losing so much that tears come to their eyes like Buddha Baker's? Buddha was choked up. Yeah. Like screaming, I hate losing. You show me somebody that's comfortable with losing and I'll show you a loser, right? Yep. Winners hate losing. And so who is doing that within the Raiders locker room? To me, everybody's a little too even-killed. I know Josh McDaniels told the broadcast crew uh, on the game last week, because they said it during the the game, that one thing he learned from the Denver Broncos experience is to not – get up and down on the, that roller coaster, those emotional roller coasters, to just not get on the ride. And I thought that was a terrible approach. I think you need to get on that roller coaster sometimes. Yeah. And you need to be able to ride that emotion and be passionate. And quite frankly, get up in there, you know what?
4: Right, right.
3: <laughs> like, we, we need to see that from coaches sometimes, that this is not acceptable. Derek Carlos, I think, is a great dude, right? And I do appreciate his ability to say he can be now, I want to see him. I want to see him call people out at times. That's not his personality. I want to see that Tom Brady moment where you're you're lighting people up a little bit. At least that, it shows a pulse. Right. It shows that you care. It shows passion. I don't agree with Tom Brady chewing out you know chewing out his young linemen all the time. I don't agree with Aaron Rodgers calling out his young receivers when he looks like doo doo himself. I you know so I don't agree with that. But something. Let me see a pulse. Let me see that at night you're not sleeping because you hate losing so much. So I think that's one of the biggest problems right now. I don't see guys going out on that field with a motor, with an intensity, with an urgency. I just don't see it. And I don't know who's that dude in that locker room, whether it's a coach or a player, to be able to...
2: You know, it's it's so funny, and I'm glad you brought up uh, hate losing. I just mentioned it on the show. Uh, I think yesterday I said that. You know, there's there's uh, the greats in the league in in any sport they hate losing more than they even enjoy winning, right? And I know people yes. kind of look at me and they're like, what do you mean by that? But that's the truth. I mean, the greats absolutely hate losing more than they love winning. And so, uh, man, refreshing to hear you say that. And I would love for someone on the silver and black to step up and be that guy because I'm I'm with you, Amber. I haven't seen that guy yet, and that's part of uh, the problem. Well, final, final question for you. The Colts are coming to town. I mean, we could talk for 25 minutes on what the Colts got going on. I mean, as much as a mess as I think the Raiders are, <laughs> right now the Colts are in a whole nother position what are your thoughts you've been covering the league for a long time what are your thoughts on Jeff Saturday being put in as the interim head coach uh with no coaching experience higher than high school when there's plenty of head coaches experience on the coaching staff and NFL coaches on the staff as well there in Indy um
3: I'm going to be frank with this I I, I hope Jeff Saturday doesn't fail because he's a he's a really good dude by all accounts. I don't know him well, but he's very respected and liked in the business. And he just took an opportunity that was put in front of him. So I don't blame him for stepping into this position. It's an amazing opportunity. The way I feel about it, though, is that there are... Let me, let me try to phrase this the right way. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of coaches that have been out there grinding with this team. One of them is my friend and former colleague, Reggie Wayne. Yeah. There are plenty of coaches of color, quite frankly, yep. that have been out there grinding that deserve a shot. And by her say, just appointing Jeff Saturday out of obscurity to be a coach confirms that this is a league of nepotism Yeah, <laughs> uh, when it comes to coaching opportunities. It is a good old boy network. And people that deserve opportunities when, when Ursa had an opportunity to pick somebody. I mean, look, he had two former head coach, two former coaches yes. on the staff and, and Gus Bradley and John Fox. So, you know, forget the, the people of color thing. He had two former coaches that at least have been in the building that, that know the, the schemes of, of the offense and the defense. But if you want somebody that's going to call plays or, or know the offense and you were looking for a former Indianapolis Colt, you had Reggie Wayne, right. a future Hall of Famer, right there. But you went out and you chose your good old boy that looks like you. Yeah, And that's the NFL for you in a nutshell. And I struggle with it. And I know that some people might say, oh, that's not what he did. But it happens all the time. Yep. It happens all the time, and as a woman in this league, and, and 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 you know, being friends with people of color, the opportunities just don't come for us like everybody else. And and this is one of those moments where it did not, and I and I don't think it was the best decision for the Colts. Like, let's just talk about football. It's not the best decision for the Colts. Just Saturday can't even come in and say, "All right, let me get acclimated. Let me turn around and hand the ball off."
4: Right, right. Who
3: are they, who are they handing the ball off to? Right. Like, yep. Jonathan Taylor is, is injured. Deion Jackson was banged up. We're not sure what's happening with him. Is Zach Moss. I mean, I don't even know. The only way, way I think the Raiders lose this game, though, is the defense of the Indianapolis Colts is pretty good since Darius Leonard came back. Right. That's what I'm a little bit worried about. So, I, I know this is a long diatribe, but I feel like I have to say that because we need to call out people that deserve opportunities, that are qualified, that aren't getting opportunities in this league.
2: I agree, a hundred percent. I think that was very well said, and it's something that we've been talking about quite a bit. And that's that's the reality of it. You said it. It's a good old boy club. We we've known it, and it, it rears its ugly head all the time, and unless it be seen. But um, I thought that was great. I thought that was fantastic, and a, and a great way to to summarize it. And we'll see what happens. Like I'm with you, Jeff Saturday. From all I know, is a is a good dude. But just given an opportunity because well, he was quite frankly given an opportunity. So <laughs> there. Yeah. They're, there you, you, can't go. Yeah, exactly.
3: you can't tell me one reason why. Yeah, uh, you can't tell me one reason why that move was made. Right, and then yeah, sorry, I got one more thing to add to you because I think it's so it's funny. All good. And this is where I felt bad. This is where I felt bad for Jeff Saturday, him saying, "Well, you know, I'm not only trying to prove, you know, to the Colts, I'm paraphrasing that that I can do this job, but I'm auditioning for 31 other teams." Oh, now you're up for other head coaching jobs. Right. When you haven't even coached it down. In the NFL, that was... A little ill-advised as far as his assessment of his, his situation, but who knows? Maybe he comes out and they they get a win against the Raiders, which would be horrible. And he, you know, he gets a couple wins and people start. Not- Weirder things have happened in this NFL, especially no this year. Who knows what the heck's going
2: on? Absolutely, it's gonna it's gonna be bizarre. It's gonna be strange. I'm with you. I don't think there's any way the Raiders lose the game unless they well lose the game, right? But I mean, everything going on wrong with Indy, it doesn't make any sense. But again, a lot of things don't make. Sense so uh, fantastic stuff as always, Amber. What do you got? I mean, coming out, SiriusXM, XM, I know you got the fantasy, I know you got a lot going on, Silver and Black Show. What do you got going on that we need to be on the lookout for?
3: Yeah, you can uh, always check me out. I, I'm, a, I'm gonna help with your fantasy lineups on Monday and Tuesdays over on uh, Sirius XM Fantasy. Uh, you can always catch me on SiriusXM NFL Radio, but I always tell people just follow me on Twitter at Amber Theo Harris, uh, also at Amber Theo One at instagram to to keep uh, up to what i'm do- with what i'm doing i always just post what i'm doing there because i'm always all over the place you
2: know that yep <laughs> that's how it should be right that's how you know you're doing something right is when you're doing a lot so uh that's a good the thing Bu- yeah busy is good in this business well amber uh thank you so much i appreciate all the extra time this afternoon great stuff great breakdowns uh we thank you so much i'll probably see you on the press box on sunday and uh we'll talk soon
3: can't wait! Thanks, you Appreciate
2: you. There she goes, right there, Amber Theo Harris. Great stuff. Great stuff from Amber. SiriusXM. You can check her out. Silver and Black Show. Uh, she does Raiders.com. You can find it. All her work with Eric Allen and James Jones, and uh, yeah, she's just fantastic. And I uh, love the opportunity to get to talk to her whenever I do on Twitter at Amber Thea Harris. Three twenty-one is the time. We'll come back to a couple calls and text, and then we got Paloma Villicana, Fox Five Sports, joining us at three thirty. It's Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Paloma Villacano, Fox 5 Sports will join us in just a few minutes. Talk a little UNLV, what they got going on. They do host Fresno State on Friday, so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the Running Rebels back on the hardwood talk about what they got going on for Coach Kruger in year two. But I uh, want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Just had a fantastic conversation with Amber Theo Harris from Sirius XM Radio, also Silver and Black Show. Definitely appreciate her time. But uh, let's go on out to the East Coast. Let's talk to Gerald in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Gerald?
5: Hi, how are you?
2: Fantastic.
5: Listen, all right. I got one question for you, and then before I want to just say another thing. But <laughs> how many how many owners have fired a coach? after they've made the playoffs a team that's made the playoffs
2: um not many I know what you I know what you're saying as, as far as Basaccia not not coming back
5: or or del Rio I not that I love del Rio but he made the playoffs and he was fired
2: well he 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 and, made the he made the playoffs in 16 but he didn't make the playoffs in 17 then he was fired after uh, 17.
5: got you For, my my bad no but you're good I, I'll, I'll just say this and now that points to ownership in my opinion. I'm a huge Raider fan. I'm 53 years old. I've seen a lot of bad Raiders football. Mm-hmm. And and um, I watched the Giants the last two years. I'm a Raider fan. I watch the Giants and the Raiders every Sunday. Okay. And I can tell you that Patrick Graham is a horrible defensive coordinator. The Giants were horrible under him. I, 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 his scheme, these players are thinking they're not playing. You know, last year they, they played with passion. That's all you could ask for is passion. These guys go out play with nothing. They're thinking. They're not playing. The scheme's too difficult. They're I don't know thinking. what it is. Yeah,
2: they're definitely thinking. Yep. yep. And,
5: and, and, and it's and it's scheme. It's scheme. It's not working. I, I hate to say it. They should just, instead of getting rid of the whole team, they should just gonna fire this coaching staff and get rid of it, say I made a mistake, and move on because it does not work.
2: All right. Good good stuff. Good stuff. I, I like it coming from the heart right there. And look, I mean, it's, you know, the jury's still out on Patrick Graham and the defensive scheme. And, and you're right. I mean, you could tell that they're out there thinking. And uh, I think that's why you're going to start seeing. And, and we talked to Vinny Bonsignore yesterday here on the show. And he said, hey, I think they're going to start trying to bring in guys that fit with what they want to do. And You know, we'll we'll see what happens, but I I can definitely see them out there thinking, man, there's no doubt about that. And uh, as far as, you know, firing a coach after the playoffs, I know it's very rarely done. I never was a a firm believer that Basaccia was going to be around for the long haul. I thought that that was a hell of a season and he did some great things and he'll never pay for any food here in Las Vegas or Oakland or L.A. because of what he was able to do. I just thought that that was a short term thing from the jump. But, you know, you could be on to something. Thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, How about uh, Raider Mike in Colorado? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, bro, what's going on, man? Chillin', man, chillin'.
5: Hey, uh, so, for – I'll keep it short and simple, man. Uh, for the defense, I'm, I'm going to say – I'm going I'm to go with you, man. Uh, defensive tackle, you know, for, for me, it's for, it starts from the inside out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we need a dog uh, right there in the middle to even to even uh, help elevate uh, Neil Farrell if we have to. You know what I mean? I think that would make more sense because you can't start from, you know, you want to build around, like, the, the secondary, you know, bringing in safeties, linebackers, and corners. You ain't got no D-line. Right. You had the 2,000 Ravens defense back there. You ain't got no D-line. They're going to get carved up all day. So we have to bring in a D-tackle to help push the pocket, get any quarterback off their game so we can't, so we're not making these average quarterbacks look good, you know, or, or we're, we can beat, finally beat the Chiefs and, and throw Pat Mahomes off his game. So, yeah, man, defensive tackle all, all the way for me, man. But that's that's it, man. That's what to call
2: in and say that. Hey, man, it's good to hear from you. Thank you, Brader Mike. Definitely appreciate the call and and yeah, I, I'm with you. And you know, it's it's so funny as I've matured in 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 covering uh, sports and, and just even watching sports, I've always been a, a, a big believer in all the the skill positions. But uh, you're absolutely right, man. When you build championship teams, they're supposed to be built from the inside out. There's no doubt about that. And I know there was a point at one time that I'd probably argue with you and say, no, go get that top flight corner first. But you're right. If you don't have any pressure, if you can't get to the quarterback, if they have all day to sit back there, I mean, if DeMond has all day to sit back there, he's going to complete some passes. Now, he ain't going to complete very far, but he'll complete a pass, right? I mean, if he has all day, not to have to worry about pressure. So, they've got to be able to get uh, and generate some pressure. So, I'm thinking that defensive tackle, uh, man, I just, I remember back in the day when they had dudes on that defensive line that just could get get after you, you know, from the interior, from the outside. It just didn't matter. From the edge, whatever, whatever the case was, they were going to get after you. And they just don't have that threat right now. They have Max Crosby. And, and like uh, Amber said, and I know Raider Fish and Berkeley said it before, got Crosby in them. <laughs> Crosby and them, right? I mean, just those, those other dudes. So uh, thank you so much for that, uh, that call, my man. I do appreciate you. Mailman Raider, hit us up on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and then we'll get to Paloma Villacana. I said, Q, I'm going to stay up front with you, but I'm going to go defensive edge opposite of Max. Chandler's not the answer now or in the future. Rotational guy at best, but I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. A healthy pass rush makes everyone better. Another Max opposite Max would be nice. A lot of big names at defensive end will be free agents next offseason. And DeMond will be be 31 next month. So there you go, Mailman Raider. uh, You asked him that at the end of the show yesterday, how old he is. So uh, Mailman Raider is going to be 31. So shout out to you, man. Happy birthday. Uh, A little early birthday wishes. And yeah, again, the defensive line, I think we're all in agreement. That uh, that's that's where it starts is up front. Whether you're on the edge on the interior, uh, I prefer an interior guy and then uh, address the edge as well. Uh, just because it's been so long since they've had that that interior guy, they've had multiple edge rushers. You know, there was a time where where they had um, Mac, they had Khalil Mack, and then, and then they had Bruce Irvin. It was going to be you know the one-two punch, but they still didn't have that. They didn't have that pressure up the middle. And, and, of course, Bruce Irvin didn't really work out the way that uh, a lot of folks thought he was going to work out. Uh, it worked out better than what we're seeing right now, but didn't work out the way that uh, I thought he was going to be across from uh, Khalil Mack. So uh, that defensive line, man, really has to be addressed. And, and if it does, then you can go back to, you know, Gerald's call from New Jersey and say, okay, now that the dudes are in place that you feel like you need to have to make this system go, now is it going? And if it does, then you're on to something. If it doesn't, then you say, okay, well, we just gave you everything you need. How come it's not working? Then there's when you start questioning the defensive coordinator. Let's go out to the phone lines right now, though, and welcome in our good friend Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Paloma Villicana. And Paloma, thanks so much for your time, as always. We appreciate you. And before we get into anything UNLV, how about a TCU? Fourth-ranked TCU in the country. <laughs> what about that? What do you know about your alma mater? Man,
0: Man it's, it's awesome. It's been so fun watching Sonny Dykes and him take over the program and Man, I, I've got a little bit of FOMO this year. I wish I was out there in <laughs> Fort Worth, you know, homecoming and all that stuff. But um, it's been so exciting to, to watch that program take off. And, you know, when I was there, we, we had a great team with, you know, Josh Doxson mm-hmm. and, um, you know, all the guys out there. They were Boykin and everyone. Yeah. It was it was exciting. It was an exciting time at TCU. and. Um, you know, when you're a part of that part of that uh, record, and you know you go to a bowl game and you know you're you're it's it's just so exciting. It was a fun time at TCU. So I um, excited to to watch the frogs ball out, man.
2: Let me ask you this, Paloma, were you at TCU when it was that terrible weather game where it was just pouring and pouring and pouring? and it was like the 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 football was like Against a medicine Baylor? ball. Yeah, they played Baylor, yep, yeah, in, in Fort Worth. Yeah, yep.
0: that was rough. And that was the one thing when I moved to Fort Worth, you know, coming from San Diego, I was like, man, what are tornadoes? What is hail? <laughs> right. You know, the sky would turn, like, green, yellow, mm-hmm. and I'm like, are we about to play a football game? Like, are we sure about this? Right. Like, I don't even want to go outside, but, yeah, it's just just the weather. And, you know, either the weather in Texas is crazy, and it's just crazy that they, they play through that, too. So I'm like – Man rain cold cold snow hail tornado whatever they got to play a football game to play but it was a lot of fun at TCU. Go frogs!
2: There you go. Yeah, that was one ugly game, and I remember that's <laughs> that's when the rivalry between TCU and Baylor yeah. was really really big. So uh, that was a big. I think TCU won that one, didn't they? Didn't didn't the frogs? Yeah, win that? I'm yeah. pretty
0: sure. Yeah, but you know, y'all got us when when we went down to Baylor. It was like <laughs> it was like 69 to 66 or
2: 66 oh yeah yeah that was the comeback or, game. Yep. Or,
0: man, that game was crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right, 69 63. Because Baylor yeah, fans, man. Baylor fans will never let Horn Frog. Oh, fans forget so that one bad. that's all, they First of
0: all that <laughs> that score though like 69 to 63 it was crazy yeah
2: it really was that's funny good times right there Paloma <laughs> Villicana is yeah. our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness well let's get into UNLV they lost yeah. a close one to San Diego State uh mm-hmm. that was that was one that I'm not even gonna say that they they could have won that's one I'll, I'll say that they should have won how tough yeah. was that for UNLV to kind of take that one on the chin when they know it was right there to get that fifth victory
0: yeah, I mean they've been there several times too. Coach Arroyo has been there so many times this season where you know they should have won that game um, and and it, it got away from them. So um, it, does it come down to the players? Does it come down to the coaching? You know that's that's where I've kind of crossed the line so many times. Is you know should they have gone for it on third down rather than you know sending out the punt team? You know what what kind of decisions are being made there, but. Um, you know, UNLV has been injured. You know, we know that Doug Brumfield has been injured. Um, you know, some guys on offense, some guys on defense have been injured. So, um, you know, they had a lot of guys back and healthy, but, you know, uh, Kyle Williams was dropping balls. Doug Brumfield was throwing picks. Um, it wasn't their best performance offensively, but on defense, I mean, the guys balled out. Mm-hmm. They racked up six sacks against the Aztecs, holding them to just 99. 99- uh, rushing yards, so the defense was able to come out and kind of, you know, save their butt. But yeah, I mean, UNLV—that um, was a self-inflicted game that they lost there on the road at San Diego State. And um, you know, the guys are back, back in the building, back to work. Short week. They got Fresno State on Friday, um, and you know, a lot of the players just, just keeping their heads down and saying, you know, we got to win the next three and you know we got to win at least two to make a bowl game so they got Fresno State they got Hawaii and they got UNR left on their on their schedule this
2: year yeah buddy three games that are all winnable games but they're also three games that you know if they don't they don't handle their business they could come up on the wrong end of them and you mentioned Doug Brumfield and and you know some of the bad passes a couple of the interceptions Mm -hmm. how much of that do you think was just the rust I mean he had been off for a while with injuries how much of that was just kind of the layoff that he had had
0: yeah, there was a lot of rust on offense, not only with Doug Brumfield, but like I mentioned, Kyle Williams. Um, you know, Aiden Robbins is out there being a beast that he usually is. But yeah, it was just you know Doug Brumfield hadn't played in three four weeks and coming off coming off his concussion protocol. I know he was there mentally, you know, with with the team on the road at Notre Dame, and um, you know it was just kind of him getting getting his juice back, getting his flow back on offense. But he had a, he had like maybe three or four you know easy passes straight to Kyle Williams, like Kyle Williams you know, should have, should have been able to grab that easily. So, um, yeah, there was, there was offense. you know, I mean, there was rust all over the field on offense. So, um, hopefully Brumfield can, can get back in it, can lock in, uh, this, this, this Friday against Fresno State. Cause we know we've seen when Brumfield is rolling yeah. and he's, he's clicking with his receivers, he's clicking with, with Aiden Robbins, you know, you and all these unstoppable when, when, uh, Brumfield is rolling.
2: Yeah, when he's right, UNLV is right for sure, and, and there's mm-hmm. some good things going on. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Say Roughness. damon has got one for you.
1: We're talking with Coach yeah. Arroyo after the game. Did he mention maybe some of the things that he can do to make Doug's job a little bit easier, or does it just come down to poor execution on some of those plays that the that the Rebels just needed?
0: Yeah, I mean, Coach Arroyo definitely said you know he needs to do a better job helping his team with whatever it needs, offensively, defensively, on special teams, you know, whatever his football team needs right now, he needs to do a better job, and he told us, you know, whether that's in practice, whether that's in game action, whether that's, you know, off the field, he he's making uh, he, he made it a point to us that he wants to be there for his team, helping them in any way he can, and when, whether that's play calling, whether that's helping Brumfield, um, you know, whatever he has to do to, to lock in and, and, you know, finish strong. I, I know Coach Royal has you know, had a lot of these one loss ga- games. I mean, I mean, this is like seventh one loss game. So, um, you know, whatever he has to do to help Doug Brumfield, help his offense. Um, the defense, the defense is, is looking good. They're they're looking strong under mm-hmm. Coach Hayward um, and their new offensive, co- their new defensive coordinator from Cal. So, um, defense is locked in. Defense is ready to roll. Now, now they just gotta play complementary football with offense clicking as well.
1: All right, the schedule is winding down, and around the, tick, you're around tick, the tick, yeah, tick, yeah, yeah tick, I know tick. you're <laughs> around the team. Is that is that pressure on the team that they say, hey, we got to win at least two more to be bowl eligible?
0: Yeah, they definitely feel that. I mean, as much as Coach Royal doesn't want to talk about the bowl game and you know doesn't want to look too far ahead in the future and whatnot, and you know focus on Fresno State, it is a pressure that they feel. I know when I sit down with the players, you know that's a goal, that's a preseason goal you know, a four and one start to the season. Like, yeah, I mean, your eyes are, are, are on winning the mountain West championship. Um, and I remember talking to you guys saying, you know, this team is hungry. They want to win the mountain West championship. They want to go to a bowl game. They want to make history um, and, and take this team really far. I think they need to get back into that, into that mentality. And I don't think they've lost that, that focus of, you know, heading, heading to a bowl game and everything, but um, When it comes down to execution and, and every play and, you know, being out there and being mentally strong every single play, you know, that's what it comes down to. So they got a tough task this Friday with Jake Hayner coming into town and Fresno State. They're coming off four wins um, heading into Allegiant Stadium. So the defense has a, has a tough task ahead of them. So we'll see who comes out on top on Friday.
1: Yeah, we all know about the A train, but... Courtney Reese, I mean, not only does he have the N.I.L. Yes. Del- deal with Reese's, but do you think that they <laughs> could see more of a tandem in that backfield, maybe just to get him going a little bit more as well?
0: Yeah, and I think that's, that's, a, wep- that's a weapon they have. Courtney Reese, you know, he's a great backup. You know, number two, he's, he's right there, right behind Aiden Robbins. We saw him flash against Notre Dame rushing for 142 yards. He had a career game at Notre Dame. So, um, you know, you got Robbins, you got Reese. You know, if you can get the run game going like that, that can only help you so much. So, um, you know, I'd like to see Aiden Robbins and, and Courtney Reese use a little bit more. Um, if if Brumfield and Kyle Williams and his receivers aren't, aren't, aren't able to move the ball downfield, you know, hand the ball off to Reese, he'll he'll take it for you. Hand the ball off to Aiden Robbins. You know, he's a big back. I was telling someone on the phone earlier today, Aiden Robbins is a huge running back. He's like 6'3", 6'4". 230, you know, Mm -hmm. he's a big dude, and when he was running through um, San Diego State's defense, I was like, man, Aiden Robbins is a big guy, so they could utilize him more we know what Aiden Robbins
2: can do no doubt about it again we're talking with Paloma Villacana Fox 5 Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920 unnecessary roughness now Paloma as much as I want to focus in on the Rebels on the gridiron the running Rebels are back on the hardwood they're out there doing yep. their thing uh Co- Coach yeah. Kruger for year two uh, I know they played the game with Southern uh, that was a good game for them but uh, what what are you seeing from the the running Rebels this upcoming season
0: yeah it was it was it was the first game you know right. so it was kind of like they got eight new players. you know it was the first game it was against southern um you know it was kind of just like nobody has seen this team in live action um, you know it's kind of a brand new team, so a lot of new faces, a lot of transfers, and I think we're seeing that across college basketball um with you know the transfer portal transfer portal. Um, a lot of brand new teams. But there's so many new pieces on this run and rebels team. it's kind of hard to make out, you know how how they're going to play this year. But mm-hmm. you know, offensively, they 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 struggled against Southern. but defensively, it was it was a great defensive game. I think they forced like twenty six turnovers mm. or something like that. So uh, a strong defensive performance um from the run and rebels. But it is the first game. So you're still trying to to figure out who, Who's kind of the leader? You know, last year they had Bryce Hamilton and, you know, Bryce Hamilton was their guy last year and, you know, the year before. And, you know, there was some, some star talent on the team like Donovan Williams and Royce Ham Jr. Where, we're right now I think we're starting to try and figure out who's that guy this year. You know, who's, is it Keyshawn? Is it the transfers? You know, who's that guy? So they have another game on Saturday at, at 3 PM against Incarnate Words. So another game under their belt that we can kind of analyze and see, but. They'll take the win. A win is a win, right? I exactly. want to see more from the running rebels and kind of see what kind of talent they have on offense.
2: Well, they're talented enough to throw the ball off the backboard and catch alley oop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. That was sweet. That was the that play was of the game. Was
2: that was the play of the game. So Palomo, yeah. I got I to ask you about uh, you know the women. What, what are the uh, what, what are the expectations for Lindy Larock's crew?
0: Man, I mean, they want they be eighty to fifty three in their their season opener and. Um low key I think Essence Booker is the best basketball player in this town. I mean she's a dog out there. So um Lindy has another talented, you know, roster with her. She has a lot of returners. Um you know so she's got she's got a talented talented group too and she's had a baby too. So it's nice. been a lot going on with the Lady Rebels but um they're 1-0. You know they dominated Chico State in their exhibition game like 114 a 50 something. So um hoping to see another dominant uh, a season for the Lady Rebels, but it's exciting when, when you have basketball and football and we got everything going right mm-hmm. now. We've got Golden Knights going. Um, there's a buzz right now in the city. So there's a, a lot of games to go to right now, which is exciting.
2: Yeah, there is. And, of course, the Raiders are, are going to host the Colts on uh, on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. So Allegiant's going to be busy. The city's going to be busy mm-hmm. this weekend. It's going to yes. be a lot of fun. Of course, Fresno State uh, is coming to town as well to take on the Rebels at Allegiant mm-hmm. Stadium. So uh, what's your gut feeling when it comes to that game on Friday? We'll close out with this. What do you think? <laughs> Rebels and Fresno State, what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just offensively, I want to see UNLV get back in their rhythm um, I want to see, I obviously want to see Brownfield have a great game. I just want to see them get back to the way they started the season. You know, they were so explosive on both sides of the ball. And, you know, when offense is having a good game, defense is having a good game. When defense is, you know, playing lights out, that just juices up the offense. So I want to see UNLV play a complete game in all three phases. Um, but Jake Kaner, I mean, he's the real deal. He mm-hmm. threw for like 356 yards and four touchdowns against. Uh, Hawaii. So, you know, talking with Coach Royo, it's like, man, you got to stop Jake Hayner and, and his and his Bulldogs and the offense they have. And you know, they've been rolling four wins in a row, so they're coming in hot to Legion Stadium. But I want to see UNLV, you know, play lights out on on both sides of the ball. Just take care of the football. You know, they had four turnovers against San Diego State, and you know, they had a couple turnovers earlier this season too. So, just taking care of the football and. Um you know, playing lights out, I want to see that
2: there you go well that's what it is. Well, Paloma, we appreciate you as always. <laughs> what do you got coming down in the rev zone that we should be on the lookout for
0: yeah, I mean now, now it 's basketball season, so I got Kevin Kruger on the show. I got Coach royal on the show um you know i 'll be talking with the running rebels we'll be talking with u n l v football um keep your eye on number fifty, Jalen Dixon, defensive lineman for u n l v football. He was playing lights out against San Diego State, so the, my favorite part of my job is sitting down with these athletes and getting to sit down with them and hear their journey and their stories and where they're from and their hometowns and getting to pull back the layers a little bit on this UNLV football team is, is so much fun. So, all that and more on the Reb Zone.
2: There you go. I, I did want to know is there ever a time that you think you could feature DeMond on the Reb Zone and you could talk about his, <laughs> uh, his historic yeah. uh, high school basketball career?
0: You know, you know what? Y'all are always welcome. Come on, <laughs> come on the red zone. I I don't know if we, you know, we'd be on that show forever. I don't know if we could keep it to thirty minutes. We'd be on that show forever. So there you go, Dundee. Y'all are welcome. There you go. <laughs> we'll,
2: we'll be there. Well, Paloma, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you as uh-huh. always. Keep up the good work. We'll talk next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, there she goes, Paloma Villacana, Fox Five Sports. I'm telling you, Devon, you can get out there. You can tell her your whole life story. You oh, can tell man, her yo. about you know, your high school accolades. Yo, we we could. I mean, it might you not. What? It I, wouldn't be a 30-minute show. It'd probably only be about a three-minute show. It'd be, and oh, two and a half would be her intro in it.
1: The way, man, Q, the way <laughs> I would tell this story, I'd spin the yarn. You would think that I was the second coming.
2: Of the what? way I tell it, <laughs> of what? That's what I want to know. The second coming of what? <laughs> need I say
1: more? Yes. Man, oh man.
2: Yes. You, you need to tell me a lot more. Fill me in, brother. <laughs>
1: dude, let me just tell you the short. Every short man's, you know, hypothetical. If I was three inches taller, the league, the league. Yo, three. inches I'm taking
2: I, I, every rim down in town. Every, all I needed was an extra three inches. Q, man. man. Me, Isaiah Thomas. You know, all of us. All I'm going to say is I'm so glad this is a family show. 3.47 (laughs) is the time. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Coming up at the top of the hour. We'll hear from head coach Joshua Daniels. He met with the media earlier at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Got a few sound bites from him. Also have a couple from uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham that we want to bring to the table since we have been talking a lot of defense here on the show today. uh, Really want to kind of get focused in on what you feel the Raiders' biggest need defensively is. If you could say, okay, the Raiders will definitely address this area of the defense, uh, either by the draft, either by way of free agency, whatever the case may be as they're trying to put together the pieces so Patrick Graham has has an opportunity to run the kind of defense that he wants to do. What would that piece be? Where would that piece go? It doesn't necessarily have to be a player. You don't have to give me a name. It's only November. So I'm not asking you to go into your you know your bag of tricks and come up with a name and, and solve a problem. Just We're just talking about position. That's all we're talking about. I also have the Raiders injury report from Wednesday. We'll go over that at the top of the hour and we'll get into uh, some more calls and texts as well. Wanted to pass this on along real quick and then DeMond's got something for us. Uh, but Paul Gutierrez from ESPN just tweeted out about Darren Waller. Apparently he talked to Darren about his injured hamstring and missing the last three games, and this is a quote from Darren. You've got to make sure you're 100% before you go out there. That's what I'm trying to do and throw myself back in practice, but I know I'm not going to be uh, effective if I go out there and run and run five plays, and then it's, it's right back to square one. It's just not smart. I don't think it's really serving the team as far as the longevity for the season because I want to be able to go out there and be available consistently, so that's what I'm trying to focus on Right now, that's a quote from uh, Darren Waller by Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He put that out on Twitter. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Talk to our friend Quick. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
6: Hey, it's Daddy in LA.
2: Okay, Eddie. What's up, dude? That's my bad.
6: <laughs> so, Amber, you had your guest, Amber, and uh, you know what? She was spot on about the biggest problem continues. To, well, one of the biggest problems continues to be is our defense, year in and year out. I mean, when's the, the last time we had dominant? or even serviceable linebackers. you got to go all the way back to 2006 with Morrison and Thomas. I mean, if you're asking me what piece that they need, mm-hmm. they need a middle linebacker okay. that can go sideline to sideline. I know that we'd love to have a nose tackle up there. I agree with it. But to me, the biggest, our biggest area of concern on defense year in and year out is unable to be able to take care of the middle of that field. Okay. I need a linebacker that's going to be able to take uh, not only spy the quarterback, But sideline to sideline, man. Be there. Be that enforcer right there in the middle. Maybe a safety two that can come up so he can go out and, you know, play some coverage at times. But – Rokan Smith is somebody I wish they would have went after. That's why I questioned his coaching staff and Ziggler a little bit. If you really wanted to improve, if you really were talking about what, if you were real about talking about trying to win this year, why couldn't you go out and do what the Ravens did? I mean, you just see what they did this weekend. I mean, sorry, Monday night. Yeah. They shut him down. Scored three on us. what do he do? Nothing. That's all I got to say, man. We got to get that middle linebacker going. We got to get that defense going. And when, you know, this weekend, we got to win. I'll be there. Hopefully we win. All right. Raider Nation, stay up, baby.
2: Hey, good call. Good call. And I I don't disagree with you. I think the middle linebacker is obviously a a big time concern. I've been saying it for a long time. Uh, It's been it's been a long time, right? Since the Raiders had uh, big time, uh, you know, effective linebackers. And, and, you know, you talked about Kirk Morrison and and, uh, and, and Thomas Howard, the, the law firm of Morrison and Howard. I remember that law firm, man. That used to be I used to love to watch those guys compete with each other. It wasn't even necessarily what they were doing against the other team, but Kirk Morrison, and he'll tell you, he always wanted to one-up Thomas Howard, and Thomas Howard always wanted to one-up Kirk. So if Kirk got an interception, guess what? There was an interception coming by way of Thomas Howard, or vice versa. I mean, those guys, obviously they were competing against the other team, and they were going out there doing the best that they could, and they were... They were fun to watch, but man, uh, when one made a play, you just knew what the other one was about to make a play because that's that's how they were wired, and that that I could appreciate. Man, I used to really enjoy those days of uh, the law firm of uh, of Morrison and Howard, and of, of course, rest in peace to Thomas Howard. Uh, let's go. We got one more call, Fargo Raider. What's up on your mind? Welcome to the show.
7: Hey, Q in the month, Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Damn, hey, Q, is sounding like a red polo day today. <laughs> man, no, that was, was actually. on it earlier I was like, "Hey, I like to hear it." So passion is there. I'll take it. Yeah, buddy. Uh, and, to, and to that point, man, I'll go like this: our best player is a late rounder. Renfro is a late rounder. We traditionally had good luck with late rounders, so I don't know where everybody's sitting here with this tank mentality. Or we need first rounders; those are the ones we miss. Hell, I'm kind of hoping we don't have some. So we can avoid the whole ordeal of. Sitting there with that face that everybody knows is is, uh, is popular. That actually happens to be a uh, shout out to Raider Reggie. His cousin the one that did that face. We oh yeah, face. we don't want that face no more. That man. was the
2: Nashville draft. So I remember that. Yes,
7: <laughs> so, uh, you know, I I I get the need for for guys, but we don't need to go in the first round to get them. We can we can find them elsewhere. We already have. We have guys on the team like Hobbs and Americ that are later around their guys mm-hmm. that can be impactful players. They've come down, they've regressed this year, but you know, we won't. That's a whole another conversation. Now, getting to your question, I'll say this: the call before me, we're right on the same page. When was the last time we had a a linebacker not only sideline to sideline, but that would put hearts in or put fear in the hearts of receivers that were crossing the center of the field? I mean, you knew you were going to take a savage hit yep. going through the center of the field if you were going to do that. That's what we need. That's what we're getting eaten up. We haven't had that since Beekert, man. It's uh-huh. about damn time that we change it.
2: Oh, Greg you know? Beekert. <laughs> I haven't yeah, heard that and, name and in and a case, minute. Shout out 5-4, yeah, man. Shout like, out 5-4. Like, <laughs> yes, sir. Just like uh, the judge
7: said, Lester Hayes, shout out. I got an autograph last time on there. Well, what did he say to you? legally kicking men's asses. And that's what we (laughs) need, a backer that can do it. Thank you for kicking my car. You have a great day.
2: There you go. Fargo Raider talking about need a a middle linebacker that's going to bury someone in the dirt. Right. Going to bury someone's stones right there in the middle of the field. That's exactly right. We used to have a saying for that. We can't say it on the radio, but we had a saying for what you're talking about. Bury a guy's stones right there in the dirt. That's that's basically what I'm trying to say. And I, I yeah, uh, the linebacker position, defensive tackle position and and shutdown corner. I think those have been the most popular three. Uh, positions, which is happens to be every level of the defense, right? You got the defensive line, you got the uh, the second string where you you're the second layer where you got the linebackers, and then of course you got the outside with the corner. And you know, obviously you need a safety that's going to go out there and do his thing. And and, and Trayvon Merrick, um, really a lot of spotlights on him. This dude's got what nine games, I think, to go out there and show show that he can he can hold it down. Because if not, then there's going to be questions about him as well. And I know those questions now, but I think that's fair. Hey, dude, you got nine games. Show what you got. Simple as that. 3.58 is the time. We'll come back. here from head coach Josh McDaniels. This is Rare Nation Radio 920.